Hi everybody and welcome to Squared Sing, a podcast celebrating the stories of women of color in the corporate world. I am your host Nancy and I hope everyone is safe and sane wherever you're listening to this from. How are y'all doing this week? I am, my general state is, um, I'm, I'm happy, I'm uh, thankfully healthy and I'm creatively inspired since I started the podcast again my creative energy and creative juices are just flowing actually so welcome to our first reflection of season two if you remember the sequence from season one we always do an interview and then we take a theme um from the interview and actually i share my own stories about it um and maybe some tips and uh just things that are interesting to me about certain topics So I hope you're caught up on the Kelly story. Listen, if you want inspiration, badassness, and quotes to live by, you should absolutely go check it out. There are so many things that Kelly and I talked about. And in particular, one of the most salient discussions was around feeling invisible as a person of color um, in predominantly white spaces. In particular, Kelly shared her experience of sometimes people just do not see her like they will be in a meeting and they will just not see her and it was such an interesting conversation i had to bring it back on here to chat more about it so let's get into it so to recap from episode two where we started actually the conversation about invisibility was when kelly was sharing the influence that the book uh by michelle obama becoming had on her especially around the experiences that michelle obama had that she could relate to as a black woman and one of them was this idea of feeling invisible people treating you like you're not there now if you read the book or listened to michelle obama's podcast you may remember when she talks about standing in line in an ice cream shop and having this white woman just jump the line uh, without so much as of acknowledging her um, and her presence with her kids right there Kelly then talked about how, you know, uh, for instance, she's been in meetings and there's only five people and somebody walks in and everybody gets named but her and she's like, wait, you know, I'm here, right? Now, sadly, I was not shocked or surprised at this because as Kelly said, this is a widely experienced phenomenon by a lot of women of color. People willfully or not disregard the presence, experience, and voices of women of color um, in so many ways. And, well, one of the reasons is due to the combined hand of racism and sexism, which is the subject of this podcast, right? What happens when race meets gender? Well, we experience the world much, much differently. Now, Kelly and I may have laughed about this because it just seems ridiculous um, that people would not see her when she's sitting right there. And I'm telling you, this has also happened to me as well. And I am quite a presence in the rooms that I am in. So as mentioned, this experience is actually quite widespread and uh, it's very common for women of color. And what strikes me in some of these conversations is that uh, when you mention it, people sometimes think it's just a small thing right? Or maybe you're imagining it uh, being ignored in a meeting. Maybe the person just forgot. But when you step out of the micro space where these things are happening and you blow it up into the big wide world um, and 
you kind of swing the pendulum of these experiences all the way to the left, you can get much bigger consequences and experiences that Black women are constantly having. I'm going to share a few examples to bring uh, some light onto this. I want to give a trigger warning right now because I'm going to talk about things that are very hard to hear. I'm also going to be using data from the American context because it's just really tough to come by uh, data on things like this on the uh, European side for reasons that I talked about in the opening episode. So yeah, let's get into it. For instance, rendering black women's experiences not valid is the reason why we have three to four times the maternal mortality uh, compared to women of other races because healthcare professionals often do not listen to us and to our pain. We almost lost Serena Williams with this phenomenon as she shared her experience of having to advocate strongly for herself following complications after the birth of her daughter. Invisibility of black women also looks like Breonna Taylor and many other black women being murdered and never getting justice. This phenomenon led to the movement, hashtag say her name, that seeks to raise awareness for black female victims of police brutality and anti-black violence. Statistically, black women are 17 times more likely to be stopped by police and 1.5 times more likely to be killed than our white counterparts. Invisibility of black women looks like black women and girls disappearing and never getting reported on by leading media organizations. The police not even believing that they are missing because apparently we just run away all the time. Now, this one of, you know, missing or disappearing is actually very personal for me because I am not a solo traveler. Um, because I really fear that something might happen to me and no one will know. This is compounded by that. I've already had negative experiences traveling and I just would never want that to happen again and for me to just, you know, disappear from the face of the earth. Now let's leave the big wide world or the macro scale of this issue and come back into the workplace and talk a little bit about what do experiences of rendering women of color invisible look like? Well, they look like women of color being talked over and interrupted in meetings. Uh, they also look like women of color being excluded from certain conversations and um, not being given credit for their ideas, work, and talent. In a study, more than 40% of Black and Latina women reported being interrupted and spoken over in a meeting setting. And a third of women of color surveyed also say that Others have taken credit for their ideas, according to a um, report by Lean In and McKinsey. Now, visibility is something that I grew into understanding more in the workplace, and I continue to work on it because I didn't understand its importance soon enough. The first time I realized how important it was, was during a performance review some time back. I had rated myself pretty high, you know, exceeding expectations. And my manager in turn had rated me lower than that. 
In our discussion, we realized that I had been doing a lot of work um, in the background, so really busting my ass at this um, task, but nobody really knew about it, and I didn't really have results yet because it was sort of a long-term project. So I knew from then that I had to actively do something about this. And one of Kelly's prime pieces of advice in episode two was to take all the opportunities you can to be visible. And I will add that sometimes you actually have to create them yourself. So let me share a few tips uh, with you uh, for gaining visibility on your work that have actually worked for me. So remember that long-term project that I was uh, working on where the results only come a lot later? The tactic I'm going to share first comes from that experience and I actually learned it from one of my white male co-workers and it is giving progress reports. You see, when I first saw him do that, gather all his stakeholders on a call every month and talk about the project, I always thought like, wait, why would I do that if I have nothing to report? Why would I waste people's time? Until I turned around and actually realized that that meeting had an entirely different function. It is about getting your project in front of your stakeholders and, you know, being top of mind for them. Additionally, it is a good alignment check with them because you get to discuss the project and you actually gather inputs that uh, continue to help validate any assumptions that you are working with. Nothing is worse than working for months and months on something and then, you know, having it fall flat on its face because um, so many people didn't, you know, align with you on it uh, as well. And I will say, once I actually started doing this, by the time I had to be in front of the whole management team to present this project, quite a few people in the room were already familiar with it. So I didn't walk into this room blind. I actually had support already. So you should remember that. Do progress reports, even if you do not have any results yet. Do progress reports. They are helpful to um, maintaining visibility in projects like this. The second tip I'm going to share is quite related to what Kelly say suggested. And this is about raising your hand as much as possible for moments of visibility. Now, with one of my past managers, we actually mapped out these opportunities. They included opportunities like speaking at town halls or reporting to management teams. And let me tell you, this was actually quite terrifying to start with. Um, I remember when I did the town hall, my heart was beating right out of my chest, uh, apparently did not show though. <laughs> and when I went in front of the management team the first time, it was very stressful because in those meetings, you present two slides and they're already eating you up. Another tip or tool that I use actively to manage my visibility is social networks, in particular LinkedIn. I post about my work a lot and I also write about it in articles. 
Now, I know social media is not everyone's cup of tea, and there is also a lot of posing and, you know, just not being genuine on some of these uh, platforms. So I understand, you know, when people are like hands off them. I personally am someone who strives to be as authentic as possible. I share with my social media followers from a very personal place, and I write about milestones at work, lessons that I have learned, and my personal observations. A lot of people experience me through this medium, um, even those who don't work directly with me. It goes a long way to um, create your brand or to help your brand in your company and beyond. There will be a digital footprint of your work and your accomplishments from this. Now, I have shared tips for what people, you know, who struggle with visibility can do by themselves. But also the other part of this is what everyone else can do, especially allies. This is something that I wrote about in an article. I will place it in the show notes and I will leave that reflection for another day. The last point I will make is that it's been interesting navigating this topic in the Dutch context. How proactively I manage my career and visibility um, is actually considered aggressive by some of my friends here. They mostly blame it on my American background. Compared to Dutch culture, Americans are over the top, like boastful, just talking about all our accomplishments all the time. My friends here consider the way we tout our education and put letters in front of our names um, after getting degrees to be just a lot and not necessary and, yeah, exacerbating um, classist ideas, I guess, which they might be, they might be right, um, but I, we will talk about this at some other point. My podcast name actually gets a lot of chuckles um, from people when they learn what it's about. And it's almost like, uh, oh, so you think you're badass? Yes, yes, I am. I actually absolutely am. Now, this is obviously a much broader discussion. And every time that we've talked about it, it goes beyond just the superficial things um, and includes considerations of personality, privilege, and, you know, specific career aspirations. But that is a topic for another day. For now, thank you for listening um, and have a great week ahead. That's it from me this week. Thanks to my wonderful guest, Kelly, for blessing us with her wisdom. Now, I would love, love to hear um, your thoughts on this episode and some of what I just shared. So come on to the Biscuit C Instagram and LinkedIn page um, and share your thoughts with me or send me a DM. If you like what you heard, go ahead and give this podcast five stars wherever you're listening to it from. And don't forget to share it with your network. Lastly, you can also make a small donation to keep this podcast going. Buy me a coffee with the link in the show notes. Next week, I will be back with another interview with a badass woman of color in the corporate world. Until then, I am your host, Nancy. Be safe, be empowered, and stay inspired. Stay inspired.